what I was about to say before I was so rudely interrupted by someone coming home. Uh, <laughs> that's I, now been cut out, so no one has to know about that. Yes. What I was about to say was that... Um, and you wonder why you end up in the intros. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Poorly Informed Podcast, where we don't understand so that you don't have to. We are a podcast that debates history, politics and hypothetical questions. I mean, I say debates, what I really mean is fight. So today, I'm Theo, I'm going to be hosting with Max, Will and Peter, as usual. And we've got quite an entertaining topic today. So we're going to be answering the question, at what point in World War II was defeat inevitable Nazi Germany. So this plays on the question: Could Hitler have won the war? But no. we're changing it slightly. We're changing it slightly. So they were saying no, he couldn't have won the war. But at what point did he stop even being able to ever win the war? Um, so we've each got ideas of certain campaigns, certain battles, certain points where he stopped being able to have a chance of winning. Um, should we go round? Say what each of ours is. So, Max, what are you? Wh- when are you saying Hitler? Um, not even Hitler, because his generals and his soldiers were complicit in this. So, when are you saying that the Third Reich stopped being able to win the war? When? When were they doomed to lose? Uh, I don't have a sort of specific date, but I'm kind of talking about the North Africa campaign. So, from like 1940 to 1943, and that whole thing, sort of removed any final possibility he had of being able to win the war. Okay, fair enough. Peter, when do you think the Third Reich stopped being able to win World War II? 6th of April 1941, when Hitler signed Fuhrer Order number 25, whatever, or 2, or he signed a Fuhrer Order, he was like, let's go into the Balkans. Balkan campaign, maybe. I should have just said that, the Balkans. That's... Yes, the, so like Yugoslavia and Greece, Yeah, um, yeah. that sort of country. Well, when? Uh, when he decided it was a good idea to attack the USSR, um, that was just that was it. Like okay. from that point onwards, he had not a chance of winning. So, op- so Operation Barbarossa, largest yeah. ever land campaign in in history. When he said a million soldiers, uh, it was a point where I was about. I think it's nineteen forty one. There was about three million, um, three million. soldiers. Uh, but whether they were all on the front lines, I would doubt okay. it. So. Yeah. Frontline troops less, but yeah, there was about 3 million men on the German side. Um, it was a very, very large campaign, but mm. I think at that point, immediately, he'd lost. Fair enough. So we're going to be going through these examples. I'm going to throw in a few other ideas as to why they're wrong. Um, hopefully, we won't be too complex or too technical. Um, we will be able to talk in a language we can each understand. After all, we have got Max here, and we've got to dumb it down for him. Um, so if we are ever getting too, too complex for you to understand, do let us know, Max. Wow. Um, patronising pats that came with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Peter, Balkan campaign. Why? Not many people have heard of the Balkan campaign. So you've got this period where Hitler's invaded France, Western Europe, um, and suddenly he decides to invade Yugoslavia, which is now Serbia and Croatia and Slovenia. Talk us through what, what, so what happens. Why is that the most important? So uh, let me set the scene for you. Imagine Europe, entirely peaceful. <laughs> there are no like mainland European people fighting Hitler. He's got like the French have been crushed. You no know, Belgium, meh. 
Netherlands not doing anything. You know, he's got nothing. He hasn't invaded Russia yet. He's just always quiet in Europe. And Hitler goes, So, I'm going to invade Russia. How can I ensure that is done as effectively as possible? I know, let's start an unnecessary war with the regional power that I don't need to fight. So, on the 6th of April, he ordered the invasion of Yugoslavia, and, I don't know, maybe a million Axis troops in total took part, and... I'd just like to say, I think you're wrong, because uh, according to the Wikipedia page that I just googled for the Balkans campaign, uh, it began with the invasion of Greece on the 28th of October, 1940, and um, the German occupation of Norway... Uh, began in around April 1940. So when you say all was peaceful in Europe, they just invaded when Norway a few months. A few no, months this, before. This is, this is 41. This is in 1941. That's, that's for, it says 40. Began in. No, no, no. He invaded Yugoslavia in 1941. That's not the start of it, though. But that's what I'm, talk- I'm talking about Yugoslavia and uh, the Balkans. Okay, see? sure. Oh yeah, see so you got yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I know you're just wrong. Just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So lots of people went and. I would like to say it was a, you know, a hideous war with lots... I wouldn't want to say, I don't know. I, Most of World War Two was a hideous war. You know, it wasn't the normal war of World War Two. It was over in, I think, 11 days. Uh, yeah, 11 days, and there was complete surrender from the Yugoslavian government. Uh, the Germans, I believe, lost 151 men. Or yeah, killed, not even 500 casualties. Which is... Um, the Yugoslavians had several hundred thousand captured. So, I mean, it's... The Yugoslavian army was 850,000 strong. Yeah, it was a big old, well, it was a reasonably large army, with, they just, and they lost to no one, basically. They just weren't very good. Yeah, <laughs> that Yugoslavians! <laughs> you had a rubbish army facing up against the massive... I'm not making a good case so far, but no. it will come. Yeah, okay. like well, let, let's, let's move over to Will. So, we'll give you some thinking time. Well, why, so... Everyone has probably vaguely heard in some count that Hitler lost the Second World War because he chose to invade Russia. Let's go over this scenario again. What was so big about it? What went so wrong? Well, okay, starting in 1941, Operation Barbarossa, um, mm-hmm. the Germans attack the USSR with overwhelming numbers, and in the beginning, it's an overwhelming success. The Russians, <clears throat> the Russians are entirely, well, almost entirely unprepared. There's various things you hear about Stalin actually having someone shot for reporting I think maybe a pilot shot for reporting that the Germans were attacking because he must have been lying whether that's true or not I don't know but it conveys kind of what they were thinking at the time it, it took yeah it took yeah, yeah. It, it, it took Stalin almost didn't believe him he was heartbroken to, mm. the other his fellow dictator had attacked him yeah it was ta- no but um, it, they weren't expecting it they weren't ready they weren't mobilised Russia is big enough that mobilisation takes forever. Um, the roads and infrastructure isn't quite as good. So 1941 was a pretty um, handy Axis victory with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Soviet soldiers surrounded and captured, um, mostly because they A, couldn't communicate and B, had inferior um, weapons. The 1941 Russian army could not stand up to the 1941 German army. However... In the next three, four years, it turned out that Russia as a nation was far better able to fight a war on Russian territory than the Germans were. At so, what point, so the Russian campaign from, goes from 19, so German troops in Russia from 1941 to 1944, um, yeah. when they finally pushed the Germans back out into Poland. What was the first indicator that 
the Russians were not going to go down. So, so Hitler famously said, you only have to kick the door in and the whole rotten structure will come tumbling down. At what moment do you think it was they realised that the Soviet Union was not a rotten structure and they might not be winning? Uh, I, in my opinion, as soon as the winter of 1941 rolled around and they hadn't made enough progress, mm-hmm. um, they'd split their forces, they'd sent some down south towards the um, Ukraine and the mm-hmm. oil fields, and they'd sent uh, sort of their other half up towards Moscow, which means they hadn't actually taken either by the time winter rolled around. And winter in Russia, as Max, being an expert on Napoleon, must know, is a terrible thing for armies invading. Actually, uh, Napoleon was mainly retreating during winter, but... Uh, yeah, so he made, Napoleon did what Hitler didn't. He made it to Moscow, and then he got impatient and left Moscow just as the Russian winter was beginning, which is what uh, you would well, describe as a stupid move. I mean, he didn't get impatient. The Russians burnt Moscow to the ground. No, no, but there was still enough of it for his army to live in, wasn't there? Probably. He still had enough food and supplies. But do you, he didn't want to leave his army in Moscow when you have, you know, the rest of Europe not liking you, because you've got Britain who could lose the invasion off the channel, and if you don't have your main generals and your main body of your army back in France, then you're kind of not going to do very well. But this is not a discussion on Napoleon. Um, you're an apologist for Napoleon, that's what you No, I'm not an apologist, he was an idiot. But it was him <laughs> retreating and getting harassed by the Cossacks and everything that made him lose, not yeah. just heard uh, Napoleon invaded during the winter, what an idiot. <laughs> and he wasn't Can we sure. do another podcast yeah. on when did Napoleon yeah. lose the war? And then it happened before several hundred years, we will... We will. He wasn't short, he was average height. Just like to say. Um, <laughs> and it happened before with Charles VIII of Sweden when he got trapped in eastern Russia, um, no, western Russia, with his cavalry um, trying to break out of Russian encirclement. So it happens when you get stuck in winter in Russia, it gets bad. But what Napoleon did that Hitler didn't is take Moscow. Do you, was that, as soon as he couldn't take Moscow, as soon as... Stalin redeployed Serbian ski troops to block Moscow. Do you think that was the moment when Hitler, when the Third Reich lost? Uh, well, I think the Third Reich lost as soon as they invaded. It just, um, they, they still had the potential. I think they still could have won potentially up until they were stopped. Because once they were stopped, all momentum gone. They were suffering the winter. Mm-hmm. And the gargantuan industrial machine that was Russia in 19 sort of, later 1941 into 1942 could really get going because it takes time but once it did get going they were unstoppable just because of their industry Mm. and manpower um but i i think even if the germans do make it to moscow in 1941 a lot of the industry's been moved a lot of the uh, administrative stuff administrative i can't say words today administrative administrative there we go um functions been moved eastward so i i think if they take uh, Moscow in 1941, I, I put the ch- I still say 75% they lose the war against Russia. Okay. okay. Well, um, this ties in quite neatly with the Balkans campaign because Hitler started, he invaded Barbarossa in July, was it July or June? Uh, June. June 1941. Um, Hitler should have invaded at the start of spring. The main reason he didn't was the Balkans. To be fair, I don't want to oversell the impact of Yugoslavia here. So Yugoslavia surrendered on the 17th of April and Hitler invaded Russia on the 22nd. Like, No, but he, overran, June, so he overran Yugoslavia in about a month. In 11 days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and Greece was gone by the end of April. Yeah. So it was the fact that Yugoslavia simply didn't surrender until about two months later. No, so Yugoslavia surrendered in 11 days. Unconditional surrender in 11 days. So who days. surrendered at the start of 
June. Uh, I meant April. Oh, um, I, wait, so when, when was months. the Balkans wrapped up by? Like, how... uh, it was wrapped up on the 17th of April, but... Only the most accurate facts from the <laughs> podcast right here. <laughs> nice and coherent we're going. <laughs> Theo is right. Will is right. You know, if Hitler had had any chance of beating Russia, he had to act fast, decisively, with all instruments of his power. And instead, what he decides to do is like just mess about in probably one of the most unstable regions in the world, devote almost a million troops from his like group of allies there, devote insane amounts of planning, heavy guns, to a region he didn't have to fight in, like poorly developed territory which is hard to like have supply over it's hard to keep in communication with with a group of people in in such an unstable part of the country that even after he managed to like fully occupy it really quickly the country managed and like so the whole country was owned by germany mm-hmm. you know occupied by germany that country still managed to have a fully like contained civil war whilst being controlled by another country. This is one of the most remarkable aspects of the entire war in Europe because you have one of the strongest um, underground groups set up in Yugoslavia, um, the Partisans, run by Joseph Tito, one of the more successful communists to have lived, and he takes over Yugoslavia after the war and runs it as a surprisingly successful socialist state. And yeah, so you've got, he has thousand strong brigades of highly disciplined, highly motivated. Um, Yugoslavian citizens, and they then fight the Chetniks, who are pro-monarchist. Yeah, yeah, the Serbian for monarchists. Serbian for monarchists, and then the Germans have to repeatedly they do about seven anti-partisan sweeps of the country, and every yeah. single one fails to capture and kill Tito. And he every single time manages to retreat or evade, and then he returns back and keeps harassing well, the German troops. Look at a map of Europe in 1942. The whole thing is Nazi occupied, essentially. Except for just these just large swathes of the Balkans, which are just under rebellion, without any German real control there. And it's the amount of effort that the Nazis had to put in to an unnecessary area that meant that instead of having a 25% chance of succeeding in Operation Barbarossa, or a 5% chance of succeeding in Operation Barbarossa, it went to like a 0% chance. Because so many troops were So many troops, there. so much logistics. It was unnecessary, and it meant that any chance of success that he had had in Russia, which was a much more important war, was gone. But was it that necessary? Because didn't Mussolini, he wanted to recreate the Roman Empire, so he wanted his Mediterranean Empire, so he wanted to evade Greece, and the Italian campaign in Greece was very bad. <laughs> and so they basically, so Mussolini completely messed that up, went to Hitler, was like, I need your help. So that's why the Germans got involved there. If the Germans didn't get involved in helping the Italians, then it's then... Greece probably, with the help of us, might have been able to fight yeah. back, and then you've got a British or an allied state where we can stage an invasion from the bottom. Because, because from east. Italian controlled Albania, Italy invaded Greece. Then Greece stopped them and started going back up yeah. into Albania and sat quite comfortably. So actually, if they didn't, if the Balkans wasn't invaded, was Germany actually had a bigger risk because they had a big flank well, that they couldn't deal I mean, with. And it would also annoy Mussolini and then he might have betrayed him. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> well, <laughs> Those trustworthy Italians. Um, <laughs> you, make, you make a point. I'm not going to say it's a good point, but it's a point. Like, you have to understand that Yugoslavia managed to have a civil war whilst being occupied by the Nazis. <laughs> like, they weren't 
ever in at that point, like they just had a coup, they just had a different king put in charge. They weren't in any position. They would have had a civil war ever ever happened basically. They weren't in any position to have any sort of possible threat to anyone because they themselves were such a mess. And Greece is a fairly long way away. I think Hitler was quite afraid of having British... It would have been British and Antipodean troops in Greece because the Greek Prime Minister, um, the new Greek Prime Minister in about 1941, was quite happy to accept British support. The previous one hadn't. Um, He was quite happy to accept British support, and so they did start landing troops there. And you can imagine Hitler, who's for for several months master of the European continent, is now seeing British troops being landed in a part of that continent. Yeah, but it's still... Like, Greece is not near the rest of Europe. That, like, it's... But it's... It's it's still a threat, though, isn't it? Yes, it's like a minor threat far away. They'd have to walk through the insanely unstable Balkans or fight through Bulgaria and Hungary and sort of places who were Axis allies. But wouldn't it encourage, couldn't it encourage Bulgaria and Romania to defect? And also, at this point, it's not the 15th century where distance is that much of a problem. If, you know, we've yeah. got... We had aircraft, we had boats, we've got mechanised infantry and everything. We can attack... For, like, it may be further further away that you think it's not an issue, but it's still a staging ground for a possible counter-attack. Or near the south of Italy? It's oh, oh, yeah, there's a map. map there's a world map. map on the wall. And if you look there... Germany's there, Italy is here. Well, we're only about a centimetre apart from each other. Yeah, in quite a big walk up. This is great for the audio podcast we're doing. So, to describe what (laughs) Theo is doing... Facing away from the microphone and pointing at a map. If you look at at Greece and Germany, I mean, I'm I'm amazed if you can still hear me listener. Look at Greece and Germany, they're about that far apart. So imagine, like, three centimetres between my pinky and my... I'm making a sign of the devil right now. Um, Between my pinky and my index. Italy is about a third, a quarter of that distance. Relatively, it's quite close to Hitler's weak allies, who, as we saw um, in 1943, Italy um, turned side. In 1944, Bulgaria is one of the first um, of the other allies to to defect from the Axis powers. They, they're more vulnerable. They're more able to be alarmed by British troops in Greece. You make a good point, but I feel like... Why am I even arguing against this? I want to say yes. This was... I mean, yes, Leo, you're right. British and Greece was incredibly important. Hitler had to invade Greece, which had to delay everything, which meant it, he couldn't win Russia, which meant he lost the war. But the only reason that I think one of the... Well, one of the main reasons why it was so important that he needed to secure the Balkans was because if he did want to attack Russia, he would then have a flank exposed. If he doesn't attack Russia... He has the manpower to contain any invasion of the Balkans by the British. The British cannot put enough men in the Balkans to make a real difference. Not in 1941. Not, not even close. And so, I, at that point, I think it is important because of Russia, which is sneaky. what I think. <laughs> well, that was well done. Only had to invade Greece. He didn't have to invade Yugoslavia. That's true, but... I want people to agree on this. But I think... I'll give it to you. Okay, so he may not have needed to, but what impact did him having to deal with this this civil war in Yugoslavia actually have? Because the actual war... You said they capitulated in, what, 11 days? Mm -hmm. Or something? So it's not like... It didn't hold up the invasion of Russia that much. It probably delayed it by about a month, at least. 151 soldiers dead in the campaign. I'm just reading this. It wasn't... The invasion delayed the 
Invasion of Yugoslavia probably delayed the invasion of Russia by about a month. That's a month of progress, of forward movement before, like, the winter stalled everyone and killed everyone and made it hopeless. Like, it wasn't so much the fact it was the delay by month. The delay by month was massive. It was more the fact that the resources used in that war and then subsequently holding on to insanely large amounts of mountainous, mm. undeveloped country with soldiers, with leaders, with logistical ideas and with guns, which can't be used on an actual front. Can I just say, uh, Africa. You're talking about all these resources being used, all these generals, all this time, all these men. As you're talking about Yugoslavia, whereas, you know, a- Africa. I'm not going to say it, it was a pointless front because... You know, you've got the Italian and the German sort of colonies and everything. The Germans, what Hitler explicitly wanted to do was if he could break the British in Egypt, um, he could drive them back through Palestine, through the Middle East, back into Iran. And if Army Group A in Russia, in the Ukraine, was successful, they could link up over the Caucasus and the mountain. He would have this massive pan-German state around the Mediterranean, even the Cap. Yeah. Also, you'd have the Suez Canal as well. As well, which is a massive um, benefit, particularly it's a game in terms of, yeah, exactly, and it would help the Japanese out massively. Like the, the, that, just would make British movements and British forces in sort of East Asia so much more difficult for their operations to occur because they have to travel so much further. So I think that would be a pretty major thing. Agreed. Why yeah. are you both arguing Max's point instead of just Max? I'm just being helpful. I also want to point out, as a side tangent, Hitler had a track record. We're going on silly diversions. So, for instance, he kept 400,000 troops in Norway until the end of 1945 because he was so worried about a uh, British invasion there. And if but then he brought, and if that he, was down to British intelligence yeah, sort but, of faking but, things. But if he'd brought... I mean, he didn't need 400,000 troops. Norway's mountainous enough you can defend it well with about 100,000. If he brought 300,000 troops back to defend Germany, it would have... I mean, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed the war... But goodness me, that would have made a massive difference in the way we talk about World War Two now. Yeah, so that's what I was saying about Africa. Um, so all those advantages you were saying about taking Africa for Hitler, they're also advantages given to the Allies when they took it. So the Suez Canal means that, you know, just easier transportation of resources, men and everything. Um, you have the oil fields and stuff in the Middle East. They haven't been taken by the Germans. And so all of these, so in losing, Hitler took a real hit in his ability to continue the war in the long term, right? And I think, and even if we don't talk about the results of this campaign, just the three-year campaign of constantly sending men, losing men, so it was around half a million Axis casualties, with a large number of them being captured by the Allies. That sheer, not really waste, but just the cost of resources and continuing that campaign would have made Operation Barbarossa harder to win and just the general war effort. And it drained, um, again, putting your point, trying to refuel and resupply the Axis troops you had to cross what was largely the British-controlled Mediterranean. Um, and it drained a lot of their vital transport, their merchant marine, uh, their surface navy. Well, yeah, the war in the Mediterranean, and particularly for Italy, was disastrous. Um, not because necessarily they, they were losing the whole time, but, but just because of the... I mean, you know, I hear all this stuff about the fights over Malta with the sort of the... When it was defended by three Glossy Gladiator biplanes mm. in the 1930s, and they succeeded, and things like that. It, 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 it did slow um, and hinder the access ability quite a lot, even if it didn't 
cause mass numbers of casualties by itself. Okay. okay. Sorry, Max, we've interrupted once again. Carry so, so, no, thank you. It's, uh, I think what I hear that three quarters of the people here support my point. <laughs> and Peter's just too tired um, to say anything. I was just thinking, like, I is. So you were saying that the main reason why North Africa was such a like a thing that caused or just ensured a German defeat was the fact, like, was the amount of people it lost and the amount of diversion it caused, essentially. Yes, it's basically Yugoslavia times, when like, did, five. When did the, it start? When did the... started in 1940 and ended in 43. Oh, okay, okay. So, so, it's, yeah. <laughs> so it was longer, like to, What I would men. like to point out is I'm... Where did you get the half a million statistics from? Uh, I added up the Wikipedia. Okay, because yeah. I've got 150,000 German, not including Italian, to be fair. Oh, the Italians lost 250... They got 250,000, 350,000 men captured. So in this particular case, because if you're going to talk about diversion from Barbarossa, Italians are slightly irrelevant here. Um, So let's focus on the German. 150,000. Only in 41, at least, only two German divisions were active in North Africa, and that's the 5th Light Division, which... From the name, you can probably imagine it was hardly King Tiger Tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you did have Rommel in Africa. I'm not sure quite when he got there, but he was one of Hitler's. No, that's true. And, uh, and, and um, he was, yeah, so maybe having him in Russia could have made a difference. He was on good terms with Hitler. Um, maybe he could have persuaded some key decision changes. But I think the German involvement in North Africa could be overplayed. In fact, Rommel frequently complained that he was getting very few troops um, because of Barbarossa. Um, whether giving him more troops would have made a difference is anyone's I've forgotten the word guess anyone's guess but I think we can overstate quite easily the amount of German involvement in in, in that uh-huh. theatre mm-hmm. but so it's um, like and also before Peter starts talking the defeat of the Germans allowed the allies to that later stage an invasion of Italy the soft underbelly of Europe which turned out to be very mountainous and almost impossible and hard to, to take yeah. yeah but they still they still taking, they did take Sicily and that was important yeah. and they also pulled a lot of German resources to shore up the although Italians that, who collapsed yeah so. that was hardly uh, an intended effect but it did but as in uh, the Germans sort of had to then occupy Italy as well as fighting yes. Italy which does as an, add another sort of Yes. So it's just it. like a less important Balkans, or less relevant to the question Balkans. Less relevant say. than the like one month war, or less but than one month war, and a, a few years of hold, civil unrest. Hold this land. This. Did, How many casualties did they take holding the Balkans? It, it, there's nothing says. He so so hasn't researched it. Africa's a little bigger than the Balkans. Yes, but... That's North, North Africa's bigger than the Balkans. Yeah, but they weren't fighting much in North Africa. Well, it was only when, the coastal plains. When, when they were winning a bit more, they were fighting that's a true. bit more. <laughs> and I suppose, that, yeah, they did have to keep an eye on Vichy France, which, uh, Vichy France's colonies, such as uh, Algeria and Morocco and Tunisia. They, weren't they fighting on the side of the Nazis? They weren't, yeah. But yeah. when the Allies invaded that side of Africa in Operation Torch, the Germans then had to move troops over to shore them up because the Allies had worked out a deal with Vichy France in order to to take them. Mm. But, so, I I, I think, I th- you can't downplay North Africa and just say, oh, it's Balkans 2.0. Um, it started think, before. It started I think, before, I think it ended up. North yeah. Africa critically contributed to the collapse of Italy. I mean, criti- it was the one yeah. deciding oh, factor. Oh, no, not the collapse of Italy. <laughs> but, but, the major power but, there. But that, but that led, that disheartened the Axis and emboldened the Allies 
it led to the defections of uh, Bulgaria, for instance, in 44. I've already mentioned that. Um, it made it easier to break with Germany when the war got tough. Um, I think whereas Yugoslavia, not many people cared about Yugoslavia. It didn't have that much of an impact on morale. Italy um, breaking ranks certainly did. I mean, what I'm getting from this is that Yugoslavia didn't really affect much. And if it did, it was because of Barbarossa and North Africa was just that times a few. A few. Um, which all pale in comparison to the 80% of German troops in 1941 who were present on the Eastern Front. Um, so I, I think if we're talking in terms of resources pulled, you can't really compete with the Russian my, No, my concern is I think you say a 75% chance only of taking Russia. I think it was higher than that. No, 75% chance of defeating Russia. I think it was lower than that. I think the Germans... Um, the Russians, following the victory at Moscow, then launched a disastrous series of counter-offensives, which wiped out a huge amount of men. And I think the Germans could then have still broken um, Russia had they either taken Leningrad, had they managed to seize Voronezh, which is a town a few hundred miles north of Stalingrad, um, hit the diverted troops away from that, uh, which and that could have. That could have changed the fate of the war. They could have crossed the Volga and been into Asian Russia. Uh, and I think that could have been quite important. So I think they were closer to victory than you give them credit for. And maybe the difference was in men. And where were those men? They were in the dusty dunes of North Africa and the mountains in the Balkans. But there were 150,000 German troops in North Africa. There were casualties. 150,000 German casualties in North Africa. How many troops were there? Because, um, I mean, in, in quick, the quick Russian theatre, there were 3.8 million in 1941. Okay. And that, um, that actually, that, that stayed about the same because they couldn't actually, uh, they didn't really have enough men in Germany to put more troops there. Um, and it actually decreased over time a bit as well because a lot of them died. And the other thing is that I, you say that um, if the Russians had lost sort of the vital Western cities, they may have lost possibly but at the same time if they're in that much of their industrial capacity was still going further um, east and even if the russian industrial capacity isn't as high as it would have been if they hadn't um, lost those things it's still ridiculously high like just put this in perspective the number of t-34s produced this is just the, the greatest medium tank in world war ii and this is just the T-34, not the T-34-85, not the upgraded version. This is the bog-standard T-34. 35,000 units were produced up until 1944. To compare this to the both the Panzer 38T, which is a German medium tank that was actually Czechoslovakian, but they sort of own it now because they've got uh, sort of invaded the factories. Uh, the Panzer III and the Panzer IV, which were the two main medium tanks for uh, almost all of the war. It was only much later on that the Panther became... Uh, in a large enough numbers to be effective um, those three altogether only had about 34,000 units produced so the single most common um, Russian tank had as many units as the three main uh, medium tanks of the German army and in that in many many ways you can say that the T-34s were actually better than even the Panzer IV because while they may sort of one on one have lost the fight 
they're far they're so rugged and reliable you could put them together with a spanner and no training whereas the german tanks were not suited they needed they were very very good machines but they require training um lots and lots of resources to keep running proper mechanics so I think the German army just wasn't suited to fighting this style of war against the Russians. It didn't matter if their Panther knocked out 10 T-34s because they've spent more resources on this one Panther than the, they have on the 10 T-34s. I think, I think you talk a good game, but you still not avoid the point. Would 150,000 soldiers made a difference in the Battle of Stalingrad? Yes. If they can get them there. Would the invasion is... of Russia starting a month earlier have made a difference? Yes. Potentially, but I, I think... Even with that starting a month earlier, they probably like the the odds are so. I don't think anyone disagrees with you that when they invaded Russia, the odds of Hitler winning are about let's say ten percent. Would you say? Sure. With hindsight, yeah. Yeah. Or I'd say the odds of him in, like succeeding against Russia when he invaded them in the real world is zero percent. The odds of him like of, uh, in the real world zero percent success rate when he invades Russia. If he hadn't invaded the Balkans and had still invaded Russia. I would give him ten percent to twenty percent success rate. So the question is, when did he lose? He still had a chance of winning if he hadn't invaded Yugoslavia. But when he it was a very slim chance, I'd say. And still like a slither of a chance that he could knock out Russia and then be, I don't know, win a winner, chicken dinner, battle royale. But the second he invaded Yugoslavia that chance went to zero. He didn't have a chance against Russia. But he could have just solved the whole thing by not invading Russia, and then yeah. he never runs up against I didn't consider that. the most powerful <laughs> land army in Europe. I think it was inevitable he was going to enter into a conflict with Russia, and yeah. Matt was going to talk, but I cut him off. Um, I'm just saying that any argument Peter says, saying that, oh, the invasion of the Balkans, it, you know, it took it, it made it 10% less likely he was going to win in Russia just that um, you can say the same about the North Africa campaign but to a greater extent so I reckon say losing in Africa even though he lost in 43 just say the general Africa campaign lowered that by about you know 20 30 had he won in Africa do you think that would have made a difference because he would have Rommel would have cut off the Suez Canal he would have denied the port of Alexandria Alexandria to German ships uh, English ships even he would have overwhelmed Syria and Palestine, probably forcing Turkey to join sides with him, gives him access to the Black Sea. Um, he can threaten the Russians from the south uh, and take over Iran. Would that be enough to then knock the Russians out of the war? Um, I don't think... can't really say about knocking them out of the war, but had he taken North Africa, then you would have had a Mediterranean, Mediterranean Reich. So, yeah, because... Which I think, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, I don't really know much about Spanish history, but um, is it Franco, the Spanish dictator? Him and Hitler were reasonably chummy, but um, was it like Portugal or something managed to stop Spain from joining the war? Actually, Britain spent, I think, four million bribing Spain to not ally with Hitler. And they gave them ridiculously low levels of prices of corn and so on, so that Franco is just not having any of it. Yeah, so but I think if Germany had taken North Africa, and you had that Axis-controlled sphere of influence, I think Spain might have joined on the side of Hitler, which just would have added more men and created... Mm. Would have allowed them to take Gibraltar. Yeah, take Gibraltar. And then you don't have that soft underbelly of Europe. You don't have Italy being as, made, as much of an issue as it is in the defeat and surrender of Italy. But then at the same time, even with Spain, even with the... Because the forces you're going to need to occupy all of Africa, right? If you're, even if you just know the North Coast and then into the Middle East, 
the number of men you need to have to take control of an area that big is ridiculous. And the Middle East is never an easy one to control as every major power that has been involved there has found out. So I think actually, while you would have a big strategic victory in terms of resources, you might actually suffer in usable manpower because of the number of people you have to keep tied down mm. in the places you occupy. I suppose so. Um, then you can say the same about Russia. But So just with what Theo said about uh, could he have done better in the war had he taken North Africa, what do you think would happen if he had taken Russia? Uh, if he had taken... Well, if Russia had collapsed, it would be... I think it would be almost impossible for the Germans to occupy. Yeah, there's no, no, no country in the world can occupy Russia. No. It, it just tell that to the Mongols, the greatest empire of all time. <laughs> the greatest? Don't you mean Dennis? <sighs> Here we go again. But no, but to be but, fair, the Mongols did, did, did... But I suppose the Mongols occupied a country that was more sparsely populated, that was less developed, that had no sense of national identity. So you just had the... Um, I might be wrong, the Dukedom of Muscovy in the centre and the Kiev. You had the various Rus princes. Yeah. There's a reasonable sense of Rus identity. Okay, but not stretching from the um, Basking the Basking Sea over to the Black Sea. You know what I mean? Which would which a modern army would now have to contend with. Well I think the main thing would be is if Germany can take the Red Army out of the war, then the German army is the best equipped, the largest and the most effective army in the world and it I, I, I would then, at that point, I'd be uncertain, and I wouldn't really be able to call either way, if the combined US and British army would be able to win against that German army. I, I think the German army is probably at that point too strong um, to face up against, on the field, in a fair fight, the British and Americans. That doesn't mean to say that they wouldn't necessarily lose the war because... Um, the, the, the economic power of the US the invasion of the nuke and stuff yeah and yeah. things like that so I think Germany may it's potential they could still lose or um, maybe they just at that point call it a day and say we'll, we'll be friends now or something but um, yeah but I, I think if they take the Red Army out you're having uh, Germany is now the undisputed most powerful country in Europe by a long long way so fair enough we presented our ideas We've had no agreement on any of them, which is the poorly informed way. I, we often get questions, hey, guys at poorly informed, what's your favourite website? Well, we're proud to tell you it's Wikipedia, um, which we use far out of proportion to yes. all research purposes. We currently have 100 tabs open in the Wikipedia app right now. Ugh. 100 tabs? <laughs> 100 tabs. Oh my word. It's beautiful. That is impressive. So, last question, and then we'll... Peter, you look like you're about to fall asleep. Um, do we think that... Hit, it was So, do we think that war with Russia was inevitable? So, was it a stupid decision of Hitler to invade Russia, or was it a natural decision? Was he just trying to preempt their behaviour? In my opinion, it was inevitable, but it wasn't within a particularly short time span. So that's time frame inevitable. Like if they don't attack the Russians, I, I think the the war would happen, but it could be twenty years. I don't think because of the ideologies, they couldn't survive next to each other indefinitely. Um, once the Germans had wrapped up and decided they didn't want to fight the British anymore, and that could come to a conclusion at some point, because I can't imagine they'd just stay at war for ten years across a channel. Um, then yeah, I think. Germany was always going to turn its eyes to Russia and Russia was probably going to do the same to Germany especially after Stalin dies if if there's still not no war at that point in what the 1950s 
who's to say the next Russian guy doesn't decide, oh, Germany looks nice, we'll invade them. But Germany did not have to, in my opinion, invade Russia in 1941. Okay. Any other thoughts? Um, Yeah, I agree with Will. I think that... It was inevitable, and but yeah, it was inevitable. So maybe Hitler, you know, what's the word? Um, going for it early, you know, attempting se- seizing the day. Not the right phrase, but um, so maybe him doing it early did. It may have offered him a great chance in winning against Russia. Because let's be honest, no way Hitler could be could have beaten Russia. I don't think. Um, so, and also in not invading Russia, uh, he could have applied more men to other areas, um, and so, you know, won the Balkans campaign, uh, or dealt with that issue, he could have won North Africa maybe if he had all those men, and then after that he could have focused on Russia, which might have given him a bigger chance. Okay. Peter looks like he's having a nap, I so... Just, I just agree with everyone at this point. Fair enough. Everyone's right. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. <laughs> so do you admit you're wrong, or...? Uh, I can't admit I'm wrong to solve the tape on their nose, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get, like, one poorly informed merit point for it, because you were under general anaesthetic yesterday. In the space yeah. of 24 hours, you staggered in to, to our recording studio, and <laughs> you have managed to sit through an entire... Hour of poorly informed nonsense. So, Heavily edited hour. Yes. Well, we'll see whether I can be bothered to edit much of this, but yeah, yeah. So I've survived. Well, well done. Well, um, I think I probably cheated by having maybe the easiest one to argue by. Yeah. I mean, if if Peter's not gonna, you know, surrender and say you, uh, I I surrender, and yours is definitely more important than mine. You didn't surrender. The Yugoslavian rebels, the partisans <laughs> who held up thousands. Yeah, and thank you for listening to Paul Informed. We hope you have an excellent evening or morning or midday or night, whatever it is. If you want to get in touch, we will put the info in the description, which for some reason we haven't bothered to do up until now. So our Twitter is Paul Informed Podcast or at Podcast Paulie if you want to tag us. And you can email us with thoughts, suggestions and comments at discussion at gmail.com. We love hearing what you've got to say. Um, we haven't heard a huge amount of it yet. But we do respond and we are listening. So if you have any feedback, please, please, please do get in touch. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And we hope you've learned something from our poorly informed discussion. Ideally, he should have invaded as soon as there was a thaw in the Russian winter in about March. The roads became usable again. That would have been given him time to get to Moscow, take Moscow and have a 25% chance of winning. The reason he was late... So I'd just like to say he said the thaw in the Russian winter of March. Isn't that just spring? <laughs> not not isn't that like not winter at that point. Um, um yes. <laughs>